This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the locker room. And the locker room is just brimming with energy this morning. I'm looking at my man, Max. Max is all, like, fired up and ready to go. I got me the biggest cup of joe you could imagine. And uh, we are here ready to roll and get ready for the Seattle Sea Seabird or Seahawks. What do you think, Max? I mean, sea biscuits, you know, something. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, Water-dwelling fowl. <laughs> Is that a good one? Is that a good one? That's it. <laughs> Yeah, no, no doubt no, about that, it. That, that that is a large cup of Joe, by the way, that you showed me on the screen. Uh, it, isn't that lie. big? Yeah, that's, I, that's I mean, it, it you know what like this it has is? A novel written on it too. <laughs> it is. It's after the ark that was built down in uh, where down to Cincinnati, across the river in Kentucky. You know the ark? Oh, uh huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some friends who are down there, they sent me the cup. Oh. That is so nice of them. Yeah, there's also a really good bourbon distillery right across the river in Kentucky from, <laughs> uh, from uh, Cincinnati. Uh, so, yeah, I, I know the area well. I know the area well uh, for different reasons. <laughs> exactly so. And, of course, the great Merrill Hodge is down around that area, too. Yes, All right. yes, Merrill is. Okay, you know. so, Max, expectations – and the slogans are all on fire this morning. We're talking about the standard is the standard. And the next man up may be next week's, or I'm sorry, this week's battle cry. All right, think about it, all right? Because now you got the wide receiver group. They are, let's see, expectations aside, it's the only, it's the only deliverables that you are able to deliver. That's what it's all about. It's not about the, the battle cry and that sort of thing, but it is rising to the expectation level. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, you could, you could easily argue that the, the most injury-riddled position thus far in the year has probably been the wide receiver group outside of the defensive line. <laughs> because... Everybody has been on the injury report at some point, it feels like, <laughs> from the wide receiver group, <laughs> you know, except except for, I think, what, Ray Ray McLeod and Cody White, only because Cody has not been active that long. Um, but when you look at it, yeah, because Chase has been on there, Deontay has been on there, um, James Washington is on there. Right. You know, and you look at that, and then, of course, Juju's now on the IR with the shoulder, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's one of those where it's like, man, you know, it's a very physical position, and we've got to get some production out of the guys from uh, from that side of the ball, and you're just, you're just praying, keeping your fingers crossed from week to week, hey, who's not going to be on there because we're going to need those guys to, 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 to play. And um, I think the biggest thing is is that you're right, the standard is standard, next man up. Those are, those are the monikers and the mantra that you've got to keep that energy. But – it's still, hey, if you're active, if you put the helmet on and you don that jersey, you got to be ready to rock and roll. 
No questions answered. No, no questions asked. You know, the thing that I always think about whenever you hear the standards, the standard and, and, and all those things is there's also what Mike Tomlin refers to as one man's misfortune is another man's fortune. So with Juju Smith-Schuster uh, having to, you know, be, we're looking at 2021 without Juju, maybe never again appearing in the Steelers jersey. We don't know. Um, you don't know how things will go, transpire in the offseason. But, you know, the ability then for somebody else, and be it somebody from the outside, and Anthony Miller has been signed to the Steelers practice squad. He's 5'11", 200, mostly. In his career, he's been thought of as a slot receiver, a slot performer. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's got some NFL repetitions in his bank there. Uh, and, and then you got a Ray Ray McLeod, who is, is I love what Mike Collin said, you know, as a kick and, and punt return, that's his day job. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was, that was pretty cool, you know, but it's also, as part, you know, the ability to participate in the offense is another thing, but Cody White really intrigues me. And I like to call him Buffalo Bill Cody White because Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Bill Cody was a frontiersman who was a noted, you know, Buffalo hunter. And you look at this guy, he's not afraid to go inside and hunt up the, the, the defensive backs, the safeties, that sort of thing. Um, and I like his, his size, 6'3", 217. That's a big wide receiver. The only thing he's done, you know, wrong that I saw was, you know, that one drop he had. Hopefully that's one of those yips that you get out after getting a number of reps in the NFL. But, you know, I like this kid, Max, and you certainly would like to see him grab the opportunity and run with it. Uh, absolutely. I mean, what, what Cody brings size-wise, and I think from a physicality standpoint, I think he has all the tools to be a Pittsburgh wide receiver. I mean, he is a Pittsburgh wide receiver. But to be one that, that, that can last, that can have some years here, because I think he brings that, you know, that natural and tangible of size. But like you said, He's going to go in and, and have to do that job. He's going to have to hunt that safety. He's going to have to dig out that weak side backer from time to time or the nickel who might get a little nosy um, in the box count. I mean, you're going to have to go do some of that grunt work because that's what you expect of a Pittsburgh wide receiver. Um, that's kind of what the job description is. And I think, you know, for Mike T, like saying, hey, that's his day job. But he does. He does. Uh, he does have two jobs. This is a this is a two job household uh, <laughs> for Ray Ray. <laughs> you do one in the morning, and then you go, and then you got the night shift. Your night shift is is going to be <laughs> com coming inside yep. and running that that Zemo and having to run a little zip and get the guy get the email every once in a while. And and I think Cody can do that as well. So when you're looking at, because you're going to need that guy who can be that slot. Because we know who the natural yep. outsides are. We know that we know that we have Chase and we have Deontay on the outsides. So who fills those inner roles and who can give you those interchangeable um, flexibility? You know, it's interesting because you watch wide receivers block. And one of the things you notice is like when you get that bunch offset outside the tackle. All right. So you've got to go inside and you might have to, if you have the tight end on the line of scrimmage, you've got to go up the field around him to get after the guy that's going to fill the inside gap between maybe the tight end and the tackle. And that requires a willingness to get your nose in, in, in front of whoever fills that slot. It could be a linebacker. It could be, you know, a big guy. And it could be, you know, a Kareem Jackson who could elk a bong you like, like nobody's business. So we, what I'm saying is 
when you do that, you can't tiptoe your way in there. And I've seen some other wide receivers. We, we've seen uh, early on in preseason and so forth where there's a little bit of reluctance. They'll, they'll come around, but they're not really – I mean, you got to go, baby. You can't just sit on the line of scrimmage at the snap and then go, okay, one, two, three, and I'll try to get in front of. You got to go with the intention of getting in front of whoever arrives there. And it's not an easy thing when you're a lighter guy if suddenly a 250 pounder appears in a hurry coming right at you and, and wanting to do some uh, deliverable damage right there. Yeah, you gotta have a little Napoleon complex about you, right? You know, you gotta, <laughs> you can't. Right, yeah, right. It's one of those. It's, it's like, hey, listen, I know the Pacific Ocean is chillier than the Atlantic Ocean. Okay, I know that. It's, <laughs> it's not Hawaii. It's not Hawaii warm. But but I can't I can't put my toe in at the water. To, let me check the temperature. No, I gotta go. I gotta go dive headfirst in there. Embrace the suck of it, right? And just, right. just go ahead and say, you know what? I, I'm miserable, but I'm going to make him more miserable than I feel right now because I don't want to do it. But you know what? I know you don't want me to do it, so that that drives me even further to to want to accomplish my goal. You know, you know the amazing thing is one of the things I loved about Heinz Ward was not just you know the the big hits, but his willingness to do it over and over. You know, and I loved the reaction that was always part and parcel of whoever was playing him, and it was always like wait a minute, we're the hunters, but th- we're getting hunted. You know what I mean? That's the way it was with Hines. Hines flipped the, the, the script, and he was one of those guys, I'm coming after you, and how do you like this, baby? How do you like those beans? Because it really kind of, I remember some of the conversations, the, the Ravens and so forth, um, didn't really like Hines too much. You know what I mean? I remember the one linebacker, who was it? Who do they call the mad backer? Um, oh, I'm uh... trying to remember. Oh, do, 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 do. oh uh, he was on TV and did this and stuff. But I remember when he threatened to kill Hines back in the day. You know, uh, I mean. Well, I mean, pick, I was about to say, I, pick your choice. He made every backer the mad backer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ray Lewis was scared of him. Ray Lewis, a grown oh, man, a, a Hall of Fame. Yes. He would actually slow down when he was going for perimeter tackles, right? Because, you know, that was what Ray was known for. Ray was the one that could run sideline to sideline. And right. when he would get to an edge where he knew Hines was there at some point, he would kind of slow down. So we loved getting outside zone on them because we knew that Ray was going to be tentative. Like when it happened between the tackles, Ray is fine, right? You know, he's going to foul. He's going he's gonna to meet right. you in the hole. He's he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna skin off of uh, Haloti's butt or Syragusa's butt and come off you, but when you got to the perimeter, you got outside the tackle, you're in the tight end zone. You're like, whoa, wait a second, ooh, this water's a little deep. I heard there were sharks here, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know you you turned aggressive guys backwards, and the NFL changed the rule because of Hines. Hines was a was quote unquote a trendsetter. And they had to change rules to adapt because they weren't used to wide receivers being so aggressive. Think about that, especially when we're talking about Hall of Fame, right? A guy that literally changed the game because of the way that he played. Right. That, that, that's, that's, that's incredible. And the fact that we still have these conversations about is Hines good enough or not. I mean, the fact that we're having this conversation. I mean, not the fact that he's, he's broken guys' jaws by the way that he plays, but the fact right. that – Every linebacker had to worry 
when they were on the perimeter, man, I might I might get cleaned up by Heinz Ward. I might get cleaned up by a wide receiver. And can a linebacker live with that that shame, that 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 that, <laughs> that stain on their career that I got blocked by Heinz Ward? Um, it, it's, it's just incredible to me. And and that's kind of and but that's the standard that was also set. That was the bar that was set for Pittsburgh wide receivers. When you came here, you knew that, hey, you can't just take off a play when you hear a run call, right? When you hear a run play, it's like, nope, nope, I'm still engaged. I'm still in here, and I've got to go do some dirty work. I got to get my hands dirty. I have to go pick up the sledgehammer and possibly get some blisters on my hand, and it's not from catching the football. It, 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 it's from contacting human beings. This isn't a contactless position uh, on the football field. You know what? I think I'm, I think one of my 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 crushed synapses in my head is like firing. Was it Bart Williams? Bart or? Scott. Bart Scott. Bart, Bart Scott. Scott. That's right. That, that, that was the one. It's Bart that was Scott. The one, yeah, that was the one. His phrase was "Can't wait, can't wait." Can't you know, wait. He, he, okay. he yelled that at the sideline reporter one time on TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The okay, ma- so that was yeah, the guy the backer, that said the he was, backer, yeah, yeah, the mad backer. He was going to kill Heinz Ward back in the day and so forth. But, you know, that's funny because a reputation of a player can actually precede him to the extent that a guy like Ray Lewis, Ray Lewis is going to periff and see which way, which in which sideline that you, you see a Heinz Ward. You know what I mean? And that in and of itself is going to cause him a little bit slower going in the way if you're running towards where Hines was at, just the knowledge that he's circling out there, that he could be there, he could be in your ear hole uh, before you know it. That <laughs> when we got the shark fins on top of yeah, our head, we got Max shark fins on our head. That's right. That's right. When you see that fin, you hey, you see, hey, you start backpedaling to safer, boom, safer boom, boom, confines. I was going to get you. <laughs> you know, before we go to break, it was so funny. I was with Tunch one time. We were down in the Keys with Gary Dunn, uh, and we were we were uh, on his boat and everything, and we were hanging out, and we were jumping into the water. We were out off the Keys and jumping in. Then I remember we're swimming around, and all of a sudden, uh, I heard Dunny going, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> He's yelling from the boat. And, you know, I, like, laugh, and that. then you start to swim, and then you start looking around, and all of a sudden that music starts playing in your head. And the next thing I do, I'm like, I, okay, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I'm up in the boat. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, 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 I don't need to see a bull shark. You know, it's uh, – nah, nah. I can watch it on TV. There, there's Shark Week on Discovery Channel for a reason. That's where I get my fill. I don't want there to you go. for <laughs> <laughs> Exactly so. All right. We're going to go to break. It's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the, in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. One, two, three, four. second please that that was gonna be a great track guys what's the deal uh are, are you sure that was sounding okay i'll be honest fellas it was sounding great but i could have used a little more cowbell 
So, let's take it again. And Gene, yeah. really explore the studio space this time. You got it, Bruce. I mean, really. Yeah. Explore the space. Okay. I like what I'm hearing. Roll it. One, two, three, four. Just say it. I'm staring here, staring at rock legend Bruce Dickinson. The cock and a walk, baby. And if Bruce Dickinson wants more cowbell, we should probably give him more cowbell. Say, baby. And Bobby, you are right. I am being selfish. But the last time I checked, we don't have a whole lot of songs that feature the cowbell. I gotta have more cowbell, baby. And I'd be doing myself a disservice and every member of this band if I didn't perform the hell out of this. Guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. Thank you, Bruce. <laughs> oh, I gotta tell you, that is oh, just God. one of my favorite all-time skits. Oh, I got God. a fever. And the only solution is more cowbell. <laughs> I love that. That's just Christopher Walken. Uh, and Will Ferrell, they just uh, rock it there. And, and, the, and part of the fun was watching Max do the cowbell <laughs> on the screen here as we were watching and listening to this. But, you know, I got a fever, Max, and the only solution is more tight ends. More tight ends, exactly. baby. Yeah, just explore the space with tight ends, you know? <laughs> a little more 13, a little more 22. <laughs> That's right. They hey, they can oh. run, they can run a hook, a curl, a drag. Right. You know, really just explore the field, guys. Just explore the field. Eric Ebron, Pat Fryer, move Zach Gentry. You know, just 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 get around there. Let me see what you can do with it, because there's not a lot of formations that feature the tight end. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're right on, my friend. Look, I really believe it. One of the things that really set apart this past week, and I think really kick started what the Steelers could do in the run game, giving Najee, you know, that ability to get going and, and rev that engine and show us that high, high pedigree was the fact that you had some 12 and 13 or two and three tight ends in there, that you went with some Derek Watt. You got two running back, two tight ends, that you got the ability, think about it, possibly this week, um, bringing back uh, Zach, you know, I mean, even, even Zach Banner, where you want to maybe infuse him, to quote Mike Tomlin, into the offense by bringing in that massive wall of man to move the edge and, and, and create leverage and do some blocking. Hey, hey even let Zach go on a go route, right, baby? Yeah, <laughs> Explore yeah. the room, Max. Explore uh, the room. You got the space, right? <laughs> Bruce space Dickinson, you get to sure. do your favorite. You get to do that and, uh, you know, you get to be that guy, Matt Canada. You get to be the Bruce Dickinson uh, of, of the offense. <laughs> You know, and I think the biggest thing is, is that, you know, it gave Najee also the comfort 
by seeing those personnel groupings because that's what he's used to at Alabama. So you have right. to think that when he gets back there, boom, that 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 requisite experience we talk about, that requisite knowledge, that when he sees this personnel grouping, he knows what time it is, right? It's like a it's like a light bulb switched on for him as well. He got more aggressive because that's what he's used to. And that's what that's what gave him that extra drive, I think, is when you hear it called and you're like, you know, I remember that for Bama. It's not like, oh my gosh, I gotta think about this. Okay, what is the play call? Okay, what is the hole I'm supposed to No, when he hears that personnel, he hears the play call, it's it's like, okay, up uh, that, that 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 muscle memory kicks in. This is what we did at Bama. This is what made me an All-American. This is what made me a Heisman candidate. I am going to run, and I am going to come with nothing but a bad intention in my heart when I run. My legs are going to drive. My shoulders will will, will lean down. My, my elbows and my forearms will cover that football, and I'm going to charge like the juggernaut, okay? That's what you saw. And that's when he became truly a running back for the first time this season with 23 carries and went over 100 yards, right? Because the mentality was set by having those different formations to give him that comfort. I mean, he was used to a fullback his whole career at Bama. And then you put in Derek Watt next to him either in the split, the split uh, in, in the gun, or whether it was under center, you had him motioning, broken eye. Those were the things he's used to, and he ran aggressively to the tune of 5.3 per carry over that 3.4, 3.1 that he had over the last couple of games. Right. That boy was in the fives. And when you know you have five point, that means you're winning on first down every time, and the whole menu is available to you second and third down. So you have a higher third down conversion percentage like we did in the game because good things happen when a guy feels comfortable and he's running hard on first down. You're exactly correct. You know, one of the, I think one of the opportunities now, because with the fact that Juju is down, okay, so you've, you, you understand, okay, we got to bring Cody White, uh, we got to have Ray Ray, whatever, Anthony Miller is another possible name to talk about. But, you know, using two and three tight ends, you can also expand that envelope and put the snap abilities spread out even more the snap counts through all these through these formations with your tight ends, absolutely. And I think the more you have that, you're going to have to see more of Najee's catchability capabilities be able to prosper, you know, because he, again, the more comfortable he gets in that offense and the ability for, to have two and three tight ends, to have uh, two running backs, to, to, you know, instead of just three wide and, and, and throwing it uh, all over the place, I love what these tight ends bring. I mean, you've got a wide catch radius with Pat Freer move, right? I mean, we've seen it. But, I mean, we got get yeah, Zooks. We got we, with the 612. 612 is 612, man. I mean, that's a lot of arm space. That's a lot of wing space for Zach Gentry. And the fact that he got a tight end screen, you know, that says something about the significance of what you're showing in practice when they put together a, a, a tight end screen for you, right? And then, of course, Eric Ebron is a noted pass catcher. That's what he's noted for. You know, we've, we've also, you know, talked about his, all right, he's not as productive blocking as you'd like, but the fact is his, his pass catching abilities, aside from a drop or two, they are really good. So, you know, the tight end formations to me are an obvious solution to being able to absorb some of that loss of juju. 
Well, and, and it all, it also gives that that wide receiver room a little bit of breathing room, um, <clears throat> because of the injuries, right? So therefore, right. If you're not exposing them as much. They can rest more, therefore less exposure and less, less liability in the plays that aren't as big. And you could still infuse them, right? Because in the 13 personnel, you still have two wide receivers in the formation. Um, you still have two guys on the field on most of those things. So you can kind of divvy up those reps a little bit. If a guy's blow, so you could send some deeper routes because you know you mm. can come off the field at some point. And then those more contact-filled routes between the hashes, you put the bigger bodies in there. You put, you put the jump ball guys in the paint, right? You put, you put right. centers and power forwards in the paint. Allow the tight ends to be those power forwards and centers if we're, if we're cross-analyzing sports and making analogies. Um, and allow them to be the guards, right? To be the wing guys, right? The three-point shooters, the bigger high-value guys. Let them be those type of guys. And, yes, you can still change him in there, right, because we've seen what Ray Ray could do. We know what Cody White has the ability to do. But at the same time, it doesn't have to be your base modus operandi. There's no question about it in my mind. You know, um, the more that you kind of sit back and think about it, the more you want to see, as we've been talking about here, the tight ends. And it's also, again, the blocking leverages that, that they bring to an offense. When you're able to – you know, we saw a couple times where Danny Moore, they shifted Danny over from the from the uh, weak side to the strong side and put him next to uh, Chooks over on the other side. And, and those type of things, those are starting to become more prevalent. Again, it adds to expanding the capabilities that they're able to do. But at the same time, again, um, I love the fact that Zach Gentry has grown as a blocker. You watch him, some of his pass protections that he – was executing last week, Tom Notch. You know, he's got that long wingspan. And uh, I, I look at this kid, and I think his ability, and I, I'm big. I'm a big uh, fan of Fryer move too, but, you know, Zach has really come along and just created a physical presence uh, in his game that he, he didn't have. A couple of years ago, I got to tell you something, man. He was he looked like a quarterback trying to play tight end. You know, I mean, you know, that's like just Tim the way Tebow he is what you're saying. He's Tim Tebow. Timmy can crash more than than Zach. That the physical thing is what I was talking about, because with with with. Yeah. With but, you know, with Zach, it was just it was about, you know, getting physical. And you got to understand what it means to get in the guy's grill and drive him off the ball against his will. Yeah. Yeah. It, it takes a special mentality. You know, it's a, it's a it's a couple of frontal lobe injuries on our part, but you know, you get there, you get there, and uh, you know, you 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 then get pre-programmed. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? We're going to go to break. Uh, and by the way, at the top of the hour, we're going to have Jim Wexel checking in from Steel City Insider. But we got one more segment before we go there. But it's Wolf Starts and the Ninjas right here in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio.
ready is not a problem. Uh, I'm not going to make a negative out of, out of him perceiving that he's ready or him being ready. Um, there's nothing wrong with having more than five capable, ready men. Uh, those are the type of problems that you, that you want to have, and, and, and I look forward to the day that we're, we're managing that. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. I got a feeling the ninjas are taking over the music. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't they have are. no idea who this is. Little Mike D, Ad Rock, and MCA, better known as the Beastie Boys. Oh, is that who it is? All right. Hey, and they're a trio, Wolf, so you know what else we got a trio for in the backfield? What's that? Najee Harris, Benny Snell, and Kalen Bellage. That's another trio. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> I like, oh, what a segue. What a segue. Yeah, there it's it is. So Look at that. Just I like right it. there. It's the layup. It's the oh. alley-oop. It's the alley-oop. <laughs> All right, so continue with that alley-oop, my friend. So I, I think when we talk about it, we've talked about the trio of tight ends that we could deploy on this offense. But I think also talking about the trio of running backs we have in the backfield, this was the most reps that we saw from the auxiliary support team, if you if you will. Um, yes. Having – Kalen Bellage in there for four snaps, uh, for I should say four rushes, one 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 pass catch uh, attempt. So five reps for him, six for Benny Snell, five rushes, one pass attempt. I think when you think about that, if you're going to mold and and shift your way into that more traditional role for the running back, and if Najee is running like Najee's running, he's going to need those breaks, and that's when you need the rest of that supporting cast to come in and give you those quality rushes. And I think this was the first time we didn't see a lot of production out of them because this is the first time they've really been utilized. I mean, Najee has taken the lion's share of these reps, but now that Najee's going to be running more instead of running routes and not catching the ball and running decoys, this is how you kind of get other guys involved in the game. And you create the mindset. So now they have to know, that they're mirroring off of the style that Najee's running, and you got to come in and you got and you got to be the stunt double, right? And, and a lot of uh, effects, but right. you also have to create your own niche and your own skill set within that because now you're getting more opportunities. And I think that's another way that you, like we said, when we're exploring how to help this wide receiver room out, how to give that creativity, you want to see who can be in the backfield. And when you want to decoy Najee out in the slot and you want to motion him out of the backfield, say you're in split backs and, and shotgun, you got right. Benny Snell and Najee back there because you can't put Derek Watt back there every time because you're always thinking lead block, right? So right. You, now, you, now you go with a 22 that has literally two running backs back there. Well, which one do we have to rely on Najee being the guy that carries the ball and we got to motion out Benny Snell who's not going to be a decoy? No, we want to be able to motion Najee out and possibly use him as a decoy or you're exactly. decoying Benny Snell to throw the route to Najee. Those are the different things that we that I think we're now starting to look at exploring as an offense because I think that's important. So that's why when you talk about that trio, that's another group of guys, another segment that can be utilized from the backfield perspective as opposed to having to put them in the slot. You know, because you can line up 22 and still have two, two, two running backs in the backfield, and you could even run them as split backs under center. That's another way that you could utilize those guys. Absolutely. It doesn't have to solely being in the shotgun, 
So I think for Matt Canada, because of the success you had last week, it now allows you to branch out. You can get creative. Let's just limit the motions a little bit, just a little bit. Right. When we are in run situations to help the offensive line out because we know that once the guys are in place, they are where I thought they were when I drew them, when you drew them up on the grease board, Clem. You know? <laughs> yes. yes. I, don't, I don't have these arrows going left and right and a shift here and a wiggle back here. They're there, and I know where to go. So now I can just focus on getting my snap and going if I'm Kendrick Green. I can worry about making my call and going if I'm Kevin Dotson. Am I working with a tackle? Am I working with the guard of the center? Good. I like it. We, we, we've talked. I have plenty of time now to process. Those are the things you get to. But you create a quandary for that linebacker. Well, which one's got Najee? Okay, then I might have to flip with this guy because I've got Najee this way. Oh, snap, he went out to the slot. I got to leave the box. Hey, you're good on your right. own, right? You're old enough to handle this. Take the keys. Don't let anybody you don't know ring the doorbell. Don't open the door for them. <laughs> you know, you Trick create all those times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, October 31st is way later this month. Don't answer the door after <laughs> 8. Um, you know, you start to you start to do those type of things that really create stresses on a defense and gets them to show things a lot sooner than they want to because of your formation um, alignment versus having to worry about emotion dictating it. Um, I think that's where we kind of, want to see this offense get to that point. And we also know that you have to adjust um, with the injuries that have happened and with the newness of the guys coming in to fill roles uh, on this offensive side of the ball. You know, when you look at it, Benny Snell is a guy who's always shown great capabilities running the ball. I thought even as a young buck his first year, um, he still had a strong sense of, you know, there's there's guys that, that just run the hole by rote. And then there's guys that you can tell that it, got a little extra something. And I always thought Benny had a little extra something and being able to decipher and read some of the linebackers, where they're going to fill, creating guys, sucking them up so that you can hit another hole and so forth. And I thought Kalen Balaj was another guy that I really, when they brought him here, I thought he was just pretty much a guy, but I, you know what? He's a stud. You know, he's also catch capable. He's block capable. He's special team capable. Uh, and he certainly has got run capabilities that we've seen. Uh, we've just not seen any, not seen much of it. But I feel good about those two guys and being able to contribute. And when you start to, like you said, start to link them up in different formations, the formations, one of the things that, that I, I love about the formations, you know, you've got, well, let's start off with personnel. The personnel groupings, when you say you go with a Derek Watt, okay, one of the things about Derek Watt that I always loved is the fact that you can line them up at fullback. You can line them up as H-back. You can put them as an inline tight end if you needed to. If you take a look at what the Ravens do with Patrick, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ricard. Ricard. Okay, yeah, yes. Ricard. I, I always want to call him Jean-Luc Ricard, you know, from Star Trek yeah. stuff. Oh, of right? course. I don't blame you. Yeah, Captain Picard. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, one of the things I loved, and I, I think I've talked or talked about this with you before, was that I actually saw, you know how we used to, back in the day, we used to do a slip. Backside, guard, center, okay? Center go mm -hmm. up to second level. Backside guard comes underneath the, the center, and you scoop out the backside. Well, they did it with Ricard as lining up as a fullback. You know, I mean, the, the linebacker went up to the second level, and Ricard came in and cut the nose tackle. And I thought, you know, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, now obviously, Ricard's 300 pounds. 
so he's going to carry more bang at the point of attack. But they Smith. used him. Yeah, Smith. They would use him on the end man on the line, like when you have that kick-out block, on a, what we used to call a G block. When you'd be kicking out, the guard would pull down the line, kick out the end man on the line. Well, they use Ricard as the lead guy on that because that's guy. that guy is thunder on the hoof all by himself. It's not like he's uh, you know 225-pound back coming at you. That's a 300-pound man-eater coming at you. So you on the end man alive, you either you got to Olay or you got to like hunker down dog like serious because that guy's going to bring some impact. So one of the things that I love about that and talking about what you you were talking about the formations is those formations are by themselves something that you can do to create both like you said, you know, declaring what you're doing, but at the same time making them have to tip their hand early and also do the things that they don't want to do. You know, I mean, Olaying yeah. guys is not something you want to do if you don't have to. You know what I mean? You want to be able to take on the block, set the edge, all those things. But if you're like jumping out of the way because somebody's coming at you like a howitzer, uh, that creates a gap. Well, it, it creates a gap. And, and you know, and, and the funny thing is to go back to the two running backs. Right. Um, I saw these guys in college. Right. I watched Benny Snell in the SEC at Kentucky and I watched him dismantle right. my Florida Gators by himself. You know, I've oh, seen really? how, 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 how he ran. Um, Kalen Balage, another guy out here at ASU. You know, I got to watch, you know, how he played and how he also can cont- Both of these guys have game-breaker abilities. And obviously, you can, you can look at their career. You can say at different points, hey, it didn't live up to the billing. But that's, it, that's, in, their, that's in their resume. Like, when I flip on the Kalen Balaj resume, I remember him running for 200 yards and destroying Stanford, right? I remember, right. you know, when Benny Snell destroyed Florida with a very good defense, right? These guys have it in the pocket, and it's just, you know, the utilization, they probably need a little bit more groove. I think Kalen is better in your zone game. He's better for your right. outside zone and inside zones, and I think for Benny, I think he fits a little bit more into what Najee does um, as far as the counter-trap game. Like, he's good – but once again, you know, when, when you haven't had time, you got to knock the cobwebs off. And I think right. having both of those guys, if you're going to give them those five, six carries a game, that makes it more threatening. Mentally, they can prepare for that. And they can be a better asset to you if we know they're going to get that type of burn. Because, like you said, early on, you know, if Najee's in for 95% of the snaps and you're in for one pass protection because Najee needs a blow because he just ran a 25-yarder uh, pass or run, you know, it, it, it's you, you don't get the juices flowing as much, right? It, it would be like saying, all right, Craig, you're only coming in for every third field goal attempt. <laughs> but you're going to sit on the sideline the rest of the time. You'd be like, all right, you know, I'm sitting on the sidelines. I'm watching. Yeah, I'm cheering. I'm drinking Gatorade. Oh, 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 I got to go. It's the third field goal. Where's my helmet? I forgot where I put my helmet. <laughs> it was a quarter and a half ago. You know, but if you know you got to be on the ready and you're on the sidelines, you're keyed in. You know, hey, it could be at any moment you could go in because Najee might need a blow because if he breaks it, now you've got to be the guy to give him the spell. All right, well, I'm going to be more tied into the game. I'm not going to take – no, 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 get that water bottle out of my face. I might have to go in this next play. Right? I want to be waterlogged. You know, you, 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 think, you take a different emphasis on it. And for me as a guy, you know, I had that in my career at some point. Where I was the backup guy, you know, uh, they're going, okay, you'll get the garbage time at the end or – you're going in only on third and short. You're the power tight end. Uh, we may or may not use this package this week. And I think that's kind of where the mentality was early. But I think now after this game, it kind of opened the door like, hey, you might need to be ready. 
because we're, 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 we're handing that ball off. And guess what? When we get in rhythm, you're getting the ball when you get in there. So what <laughs> can you do? So it, it changes your preparation mindset going into a game. You know, I think it makes and it creates more of a, it's a comfortable room in the running back room. When other, all the guys know that they're going to participate and be able to contribute to the group effort going forward. And that's one of the things that you want. And it's always part and parcel of that next man up. The standard is the standard. One man's misfortune is another man's fortune. Those type of things, uh, this is what keeps you in the game. and keeps you ready and able to answer the bell when those types of situations arise. You know, you can never predict, like with the onslaught of, uh, you know, all the groin injuries and everything else, you can never predict when your number might be called if you're not that guy. No, well, and, and here's the thing. Preparation meets opportunity. So your daily deeds right. will lend yourself to an opportunity. So be prepared when, when your number is called. Well, it makes good sense. As my offensive line coach at Syracuse University used to say, Fellas, be ready when the train ro rolls up to the uh, station because it may only come around once for you. So, all right, that's the first hour. When we come back, it's Jim Wexel with Steel City Insider. You got Wolf Starts and the Ninjas in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh, Steelers Nation Radio. <laughs> 